Can you just say something? Something. Yeah, it seems to work well. Okay. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Unfair Advantage podcast by Audi Club North America. I'm George Acorn. Uh, today, we're going to be catching up with Ivan Shmatov, who is with the Audi design team, more specifically, uh, the small team of designers who work with Audi Sport on race car designs, liveries, uh, etc. Uh, we recently caught up with Ivan for uh, an interview and a story we're working on for the Q2 2021 issue of Quattro Magazine. Uh, and this interview was done as part of that. Went a little more in depth, covered a lot of cool ground, so we wanted to make sure it was all available to you on the podcast as well. So uh, with that, we'll roll it, and I hope you all enjoy it. So Ivan, I, I guess let's start, if you don't mind, uh, I know a bit of your background from the research I've done on you, but I'd love to hear a bit more because it sounds a bit untraditional uh, for the, the rest of the Audi design team. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> Why, why don't we start with life before Audi? Uh, where do you come from and, and uh, how did you end up there? Um, well, if we start from the very birth, which is 32 years ago, I was born and raised in Moscow, in Russia. Was always into cars, which is all kind of obvious story for every exterior designer. <laughs> always played toys and everything. And my grandpa used to have a friend who was a test driver for all the Western cars that were coming from the, for to Soviet Union um, for you know exploration to look at what is being done on this Western part of the world. Um, of course, I was um, fully involved in that process uh, as soon as he got the car just for uh, for a run uh, from his friend. He was always getting me with him, so it was kind of a cool connection. And then when I was seven, he um, he put me behind the steering wheel of the old Volga. <clears throat> so I was driving super happily. And um, yeah, this was the time when we almost flipped over. Because <laughs> it was icy and um, a little bit of grass here and there. So we were sliding and then the car was on two wheels. So this was the first and almost last experience for the next couple of years. Um, <laughs> Um, well, but it, it, without high school and everything, um, my grandma used to be an um, engineering architect, I would say. So she was not designing the architecture. She was more into these construction things. And this is where maybe I got this kind of feeling of creating something and uh, connecting it to my passion about cars. I decided that it would be a very reasonable thing to apply for a car designer. But back then, um, I didn't know uh, that there was uh, schools that would teach me how to do car design or well, let's say transportation design. And uh, it ended up in Stroganov Academy, where I finally found uh, the oldest art university in, uh, in Russia. And I found out that there is a transportation design department there. Uh, so I applied there, uh, studied there for six years because we didn't have bachelor or master. You you either finished your studies or not. And yeah, somehow we did a lot of different projects like helicopters, trains, buses, all that kind of transportation stuff that might be you know useful in the future if you're not becoming car designer. But of course, and obviously you you have to be well, if, if you're passionate, you have to do what you like. That is my motto, in a way. 
So um, I was always gunning for car design. And by chance, a couple of years ago, I, I found out that the teacher of my teacher was Vasily Kandinsky, which I find kind of cool um, because I live, I also live in München as Kandinsky used to live. So to hmm. me, it's like a proper connection. And also I'm a fan of Bauhaus and this uh, very functional architecture, which um, and the school of Bauhaus is the school where Kandinsky used to be a teacher as well. Very cool. So I found this kind of a nice link. Um, couple of years ago, I didn't know it back then. And then I think in 2010, I won a competition, the Italian competition, and um, we went to non-public days in Geneva Motor Show. Oh yeah. Where where I saw all of the designers that I was dreaming about, um, and they were coming to me and saying, oh, nice stuff, cool stuff, really good job. Uh, where you study? And when I was naming the university, everybody was like, yeah, what is that? <laughs> So, so, so what what year would this have been, if you don't mind me asking? 2010. By chance, uh, our dean became a friend with, back then, an Audi, um, uh, I think it's Audi, Audi Rusland, obviously, uh, Audi Russia manager. And she um, proposed that we would make a, um, a design challenge within only our school. Okay. And back then... I think Clemens Rosnagel was also working with MAMI, the, one of the most famous universities that uh, is, um, let's say, teaching uh, students and they're becoming pretty pretty famous in, in car design world. And uh, this is how I got to know Clemens. Uh, Clemens is the person who used to search, I think now he's a different position, but uh, back in the days he used to search for talents all over the world, traveling back and forth uh, to different schools, uh, giving different, you know, he was representing Audi as a very modest and a very, um, yeah, the person who is actually motivating you to, to start pushing to get into the company which he is representing. And um, back then I started thinking, hmm, it's actually very interesting because um, Audi in the, in the, in the late uh, 90s started doing this Bauhaus design, which is very familiar to what I like in architecture. Yeah. Uh, the A2, the, the TT, the, um, I think it was C5, the A6 with a round uh, rear end. Yes. You know, the, the, the T5, T, uh, there was no T6 back then, it's the same car almost. So the T5 bus, which was very, very logical, very constructive, almost an architectural car, including TT and A2, all these cars. They were so fascinating to my eyes, and I was never thinking about um, being part of the team, which which is actually uh, the, the the philosophy of design. Uh, that that this philosophy of design is based on the um, architectural mindset somehow. So to me, it was a re- really cool mixture of you know um, of everything I like, and I proposed to him, Clemens. Um, Let's do an, um, a, a diploma work together. And he said, you know what? We cannot do this. Your portfolio is really bad and we don't have any... Um... Yeah, he's a very honest person, I yeah. have to say. <laughs> and and um, sorry, but uh, there is uh, it's too late. We cannot apply for this position because all these positions are taken. And then I said, I didn't even think about this kind of option because back then we didn't know that we could apply for the studios. We didn't have... And we didn't have any idea of how everything works, you know. Nobody told us how to do this. Yeah. I didn't even have a portfolio like 
we are used to these days. So I only had some uh, transparent folders with uh, printed out A4s there and I showed him and he was a bit, uh, what is this? And um, I said, no, 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 I didn't even mean going to München because he used to work in München back then. Um, I wanted to do it online. Like, you just give me the official paper that Audi is supporting me in a way that you are giving me the advice how I can manage my diploma work. And for him, it was something new. And he said, hmm, it's a good idea. So Audi is represented in, the, in, in your school. Plus, you have the benefit of working with Audi. Um, plus, you have an opportunity to, to open at least a little bit, you know, the door to the world of car design in one of the most, let's say, desirable brands That's great. to work for. This is, well, mainly the way I, 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 I didn't even believe I could enter car design because I didn't have any idea how to do it. So it all, all was by a small, uh, you know, chance that I grabbed with both hands and legs, I would say. Um, and then we started working. And after, because in Stroganov, you have to do, now it's different, but back in the days, you had to do diploma work for one year, which takes a lot of research. So I started to do research about the brand, about the brand identity, and so on and so forth. And he was really pleased seeing how much I know about Audi now and how I linked it with architecture and, and so on and so on. So he said, okay, now you have at least one really nice project in your portfolio, so you have to continue studies. And I applied um, to Pforzheim because uh, I couldn't afford Pasadena. Pforzheim, um, for, for my audience who may not be familiar, can you explain uh, what Pforzheim is? Yeah. There are mainly a lot of other academies or universities who would now hate me, but uh, in fact, there are, um, at least for my uh, taste, there are two main um, uh, transportation design uh, schools in the world, uh, which is Pasadena in Los Angeles Arts and Pforzheim, and, and uh, Hochschule Pforzheim um, is, um, is another school uh, where they have the transportation design department. And it's located in Pforzheim, but um, to be more, well, for people to understand, it's next to Stuttgart, okay. uh, which is in Germany. Yep. So the decision was taken. I applied there. I didn't even have any single idea that it is bloody difficult to get into Pforzheim. <laughs> uh, and maybe because of this, I was lucky enough to get there from the first attempt, I would say. And, you know, uh, Clemens um, gave me, always gave me and still gives me very wise uh, and clever advices. And back then he said, you know, this is, the, this is a really good opportunity for you, man. But, um, you know, sometimes people relax when they get the opportunity to think that everything is being done already. So they just have to finish studies. Back then I thought that after Stroganov Academy, anything where I would go, especially on, on, the, uh, on the Western universities, I thought that would be something which is, would be an easy, um, you know, easy thing to do. Um, this was a huge mistake in my mindset because uh, there have never been, there has never been anything that was as tough as Pforzheim. Um, really tough school, really nice uh, people, a lot of friends from there. Um, and also the, the, the teachers and the dean, they're all crazy passionate about what they do. And 
in a way it's like a stage you know they give you um, uh, the stage they invite people that can hire you um, but it's only you who can push and show how uh, how good you are so they do everything for you um, to use your opportunity but you have to use it very useful lessons from from the people from the school and the uh, and again um, fantastic um, classmates we're still really good friends they're spread all over the world in the in industry in car design industry and we keep in touch um, like pretty often so I can only say thanks to to Clemens and and to the to Pforzheim for you know pushing me or let's say giving me these opportunities that I could use or let's say or miss but yeah. obviously I use them and in this case, um, Clemens gave me another internship because I, I, I really did uh, a proper portfolio. I had another brand that gave me, uh, actually Peter Birdwistle also gave me an internship when he used to be a, a master uh, chief back, back then. Uh, but obviously I've taken Audi because, um, yeah, because of, these, uh, of the things I, I said before, because I already had a lot of interest in just let, let, getting in the studio and see what, what is really happening in the studio now. And I got a chance to be in the motorsport design. Um, and you might think it's just livery designs, but we, it's totally wrong because we are mainly doing exterior design of race cars. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like it's proper exterior design. Um, so it's just the the cool the coolness and the and the fun the, the biggest fun of, of this department is that we are actually doing functional design. You cannot fake anything um, in this uh, area because it's motorsport. It has to be a very very good looking tool that is keep on winning. You know. Sure. And before that, I used to work. I used I, after I finished Stroganoff Academy, I moved to Saint Petersburg for one year, and I didn't know what to do there. So I started my own uh, company, and we did liveries. Funny enough, <laughs> um, and in one year that I, I, I lived there, we we were pretty um, successful, I would say. So people know us; they still remember us uh, from from seven years ago, and uh, even more. Uh, so, um, and after this, I, I, I got approval for um, for Pforzheim. And parallel to this, the day before we had a test in Pforzheim, Clemens called me uh, a few months before, and he said, a day before you go to Pforzheim, you have a presentation of your A8 project that you did in uh, Stroganov as a diploma work, because they mailed exactly um, the copy of, of the diploma I had. So they mailed my A8 in the Munich studio. Hmm. And uh, uh, he invited me there to present the stuff to the whole team of um, exterior design, like uh, München exterior design. And I remember I met uh, Ernest Sarukian, which was an idol in Russian um, car design uh, universities because he was like a legend. He still is a legend. He did this um, white quattro concept exterior. Okay. Um, I think it was 2000. One, I can't remember when the when the car was designed. But he he used to be he used to work with Stevie Fabeca back back in the days, and Flo Flatow. And I, I I met Flo Flatow, which was another legend. And I was like, Jesus, so many cool people in one place. And I'm going to present my stuff to them. <laughs> so obviously I was super nervous, but it was really cool. You know, it was um, everything was really easy. And I thought this is a, a really cool place where where these people are. You know they're they're super passionate about what they're doing. 
you know, by the time I, it, yeah, it, it's so. interesting in, in listening to you talk about this, it, the, I had no idea that, that Audi design, uh, it sounds like they have a, an active kind of proactive, if you will, a, a strategy towards reaching out to maybe less traditional markets. Uh, you coming from Russia and a, and a school that was probably less typical in the industry, but but kind of um, finding talent in maybe untraditional places and giving mm, you that opportunity. I I can say that uh, I'm not this kind of unicorn that uh, that everybody wants to have. Um, well, let's say back then I didn't I didn't have that kind of skills. All the skills I got um, I got a lot of knowledge. Uh, of history of arts, of of the um, um, these traditional drawings, um, but all these design techniques I learned from from the guys uh, in Pforzheim because we had we were really good friends with bachelor guys and these these are the beasts and they are totally crazy about what they're doing and the level of um, presentations, the level of sketching, the level of 3D, the level of everything is so high that when I went, I came there, um, <clears throat> we had a teacher from Mercedes, uh, Mark Featherstone, and uh, the first time he saw my stuff, he said, who the hell is that? He, <laughs> it's, he, he, this guy is obviously in the wrong place. He yeah. cannot be a master, master student. He doesn't know how to sketch, you know? And, um, uh, well, Basically, all my talent started growing when I was uh, already in Pforzheim. Um, but, you know, shout out to uh, to Stroganov Academy because I got all these um, traditional skills, which uh, which are totally different from what you get in the Western um, design school. So it's a, it's a cool mixture. Let's yeah. say I, I'm always pushing for different techniques. I can mix aquarelle with 3D or um, use the old technique and overlap it in Photoshop with um, with Photoshop um, and so on and so forth. So the more you know, the more techniques you know, um, the, the better for you. It's like different tools of how you can, um, you know, make a link from your head to your hand to, yeah. to spread on the paper, on the monitor or whatever. But Fortheim just made it stronger. And this is where actually everything uh, for me as a, as, a, as a car designer started and also as a, as a transportation designer because we had a, a yacht pro project back then. Let's jump to your, your current work at Audi. The, the motorsport department and can you kind of talk about what of your work, whether it's uh, the, the, the cars themselves, the liveries, kind of how that work is for you at, in the motorsport Yes, um, basically, <clears throat> we are only two designers, one manager and one intern and one chief and one graphic designer. So we are obviously all of us involved in the, in the project, in all of the projects. So there is not a person who is, let's say, I did this. You cannot say that. Right. Like you, in these days, it doesn't work like this. You, in the old days, you could say, yeah, I was the designer of this and that car. But these days you can say I was involved in the project, I was the lead designer on the project and so on. So let's say the first car I did, I can I can show you some. So okay. if you want, we, we can have a look. That would be great. I can actually quickly show you the stuff I did for my um, diploma work at my, my second diploma work at Audi, which was a transporter. And um, 
a transporter for a race car. So if you look at this, you would see that this is a, a, a two-seater transporter where you have the car inside. Oh, interesting. It's a, it, it's a GT car that can transform into a race car when you bring it to a racetrack. Huh. You can see that these are the empty wheels here, but that means that, well, there are wheels inside for this race car, like the spare wheels. Um, the race car wheels inside of the truck wheels. So um, it also transforms into a small pit where the car drives in. It has a forklift inside. It has all the instruments and tools that the engineer that is driving is like a custom racing truck. The engineer is driving you to the track. He helps you to service your, obviously, an Audi car. And um, he delivers it from your garage to the uh, racetrack, and then it becomes a race car. Or uh, we also thought of the story, which is very familiar to what Aston did later on, that we have a special car that Audi is um, giving to the customers as a, uh, let's say, as, as a race car like an Aston Vulcan. Yeah, oh, that's so, very cool. So it's closed very quick. The, the car inside, when the, when, the, when the transporter drives on the autobahn, becomes part of the aerodynamic um, of, the, of the truck, so it's, it's pretty stable. It's a bit longer than Mercedes Sprinter, so, or let's say Volkswagen Crafter. Yeah. Um, it has enough space inside for, for an engineer and a race driver that is also working out on his car because he's not that rich to, you know, to get a full service truck and so on. Um, and then on the, on the pit lane, you can have like a proper kind of a pit stop area where you just service your car. You do your track days just for fun without racing, hmm. but it's just a proper Audi, uh, service, custom racing service that is provided by, uh, by Audi, um, for the customers. And it, um, the GT car, it started off with some sketches, interior stuff as well, and then it ended up as the, as the race car where I also said that, okay, it has two uh, jet engines in the front, they are hidden in the front, the grille is different, and so on and so forth, but it still has the Audi language um, in the exterior design. And um, as you see here, okay, the lady, I didn't know how to sketch uh, people back then, so she's also <laughs> face down on the red carpet. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, but let's say you, you strip down the car and it becomes a race car with all the race aerodynamics where the jet engines are breathing and so on. It's a bit of a, of, of a sci-fi uh, project. Very cool. We, which we later then decided to build up as a model. And this is not a typical scale, it's one to six, because um, then we decided that we would have um, two models. Um, this was my personal project, the, the GT car, and the transporter was my diploma project. And then you see the forklift inside. I also had to design the interior for the transporter. And um, then the GT car gets inside, so it looks like basically like on the renderings. And here you can see the wheels inside the the, the truck wheels, like the race wheels. This the the we worked a lot with engineers um, in in Audi Sport. They they supported me with some CFD runs for the aerodynamics of the car because for motorsport it's essential that the car is um, not only looking good but also performs well. It's it's it, it's a must. 
So, you know, this, this project was super exciting. I'm not really, mm, this is not my favorite project because um, in, for my taste, it's too complicated. It has too many uh, things and it's more than 200 parts um, and the budget is crazy. And I'm really thankful for Audi that um, allowed me to do this because that's a lot of work of yeah. a lot of people. It's, it's, it's amazing how, how many people were involved. Uh, and after this diploma work, uh, Dirk van Brakel um, told me, "Okay, mate, you can you can be part of the team." Then, for 2019 season, there was a competition, the internal competition within the team for the livery of Formula Electric, mm-hmm. and I won it. So I uh, I did the whole uh, livery design for this Formula E 2019 season. I think we also became. Um, took a championship lead back then uh, let's say this is the, the 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 design i did livery design i did for the whole car and of course as a lead designer i had to follow the project we had to organize things we had to manage it and so on but um the whole team like two designers um were foiling it were um taping it and then we didn't foil it sorry we we tape it and like that the lines are working as we let's say design them mm-hmm. and um so i when i designed it i i never think you know how difficult it would be to make this line straight <laughs> it's, it's it's crazy you never think about this when you see the final car yeah but once you just think about this it's it's crazy amount of work and it's not only physical work it's more like a mind work you know you have to you have to make everything straight here and you have to think about different perspectives because different people would work from different angles and photographers and you know it's a lot of work with um pr guys from uh, audi sport they also tell what they want so you are really involved in the whole process of of um you know of um of the project till till even racing that's fascinating and the, the fin- and i'm talking only about the project i can show right so- right so it, i know uh, i think we're on a, a time schedule here so i i mean i could talk to you all day about uh audi motorsport and liveries but i i would also love to uh chat about i i initially found you on instagram uh and so i i'd love to Talk to you a bit about oh, as well about your your uh, activities there as well because it, I think it speaks to what a uh, uh, just what a great car enthusiast you are. Thank you very much. Um. So so b- before we <laughs> jump into that, so on Instagram, should people want to follow you, that would be uh, you're both. Uh, we are the Rogue Crew uh, with with underscores in between. But if you just search those words, I've tested it. You can find you. Similarly, sell Porsche to buy Porsche. Um, the sell Porsche to buy Porsche is the main uh, okay. uh, account. Yeah. I used to be, um, um, let's say, a judge in one of the academies in St. Petersburg, in this art academy in St. Petersburg, and I picked up a guy who became then an intern in our studio as a, an exterior design intern. And we became really good friends. And at some point, I showed him um, the stuff I was sketching, like Porsches. And he said, hey, why wouldn't you just start your Instagram? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's, it's good enough. You know, I, 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 I know that uh, I have to work more on that stuff and so on and so forth. 
But he said, yeah, it doesn't matter, but he would just get the feedback from people. And he's one of the really coolest artists um, these days, like digital artists and 3D artists. And he's, he's, he's uh, absolutely crazy. And he actually started my uh, account. And when he asked me, hey, what's your name on the Instagram, dude? Because um, you have to give it a name. And another friend of mine um, told me when I, when I gave him the, the illustration of his Datsun, uh, which he was about to buy, he said, wow, that would be really nice um, thing. It was a really nice thing because you motivated me with your sketch to buy a car, which I was dreaming of. <laughs> and I thought it won't be a better challenge for myself rather than saying it's uh, selling Porsche sketches to buy a Porsche car, a classic Porsche, obviously, because I like the, the, the classic, the Luftgekühlt autos. Yes. Um, and uh, because it was a, such a long name, I thought, okay, sell Porsche to buy Porsche sounds pretty confident and very straightforward in a way that people understand what is happening, but not understanding what kind of Porsche I'm selling. So they would be interested to follow and have a look. So this was the main idea. And then, as I said, I realized that I have some link and connection with Kandinsky. I went through all his places in München. And I thought, okay, we need, I need actually to do a crew of um, same-minded uh, minded, um, car freaks. Um, and I'm, I'm a big fan of Motorhead, and they have the, the song which is called We Are The Road Crew, hmm. um, which fully describes me and my friends from 16 till 22, <laughs> um, like 100%. And I thought it's so well related to cars, or um, that I would really pick up the name and have a road crew. And I contacted a few people. They immediately said, yes, we would love to be part of it. So it's a sculpture, a paper legend guy. You can find him on Instagram as well. He's yeah. um, another guy. We are doing skateboards with him. His name is Asphalt Kultur Sebastian. Yeah. We also do some work with the oil stain lab guys uh, in Los Angeles. And um, two, two twin brothers, Nikita and Ilya Bridan, um, the Dropped Alpha and uh, Oilstein Lab, two Instagram accounts. They are real uh, visioneers, uh, visioneers, how you say, visioneers, sure. um, um, building the car in an old school way. So they use the aluminum and they fold it and they hammer it to make a car look like a 911. And they call it half 11 because half of it is made um, out of like a bodywork. The other part is a mechanical car, like a fully race car from the past. So all these people started to be part of the crew. The other guy, uh, Hubraum, is the photographer that is part of the crew now. Um, uh, Jakub Starman is part of the crew now. He's the um, aquarelle um, uh, artist and also used to be a Škoda designer back in the days. So. Uh, so, it turned out to be that there are so many like-minded people that are not united yet. And um, I was scrolling through Instagram thinking, okay, now I have a crew. And what the hell this crew is going to do now? And I was uh, there is a magazine which is called The Road Rat. And I think it's a British magazine related to Porsche cars mainly. Um, but I read it like an, a road art. So uh, I thought, wow, that's that's like the cherry on the pie, you know, when you do not the street art, but the road art. So you're basically 
bringing the art outside of the cities and that makes it um, a reason to drive you know yeah so we started this um now we're discussing for this year well it's it's uh, it's officially it's it's not allowed but we're trying to legalize it in a way that uh, somebody is sponsoring us so they would solve all the legal questions <laughs> but also we're not um destroying anything we just want to frame some artworks we want to put some sculptures in the alps that it's we mark it as a as a map of the of the road art map <laughs> so people could have really nice experience driving their classic cars or maybe non-classic cars um just you know to to experience some art together with nature to, uh, driving experience and also their ladies won't moan that they smell petrol only they would also <laughs> say oh nice I smell petrol, but uh, I also, you know, see some, some nice, art. nice uh, artwork. <laughs> That's great. What? Um, all right. So I, because I know our time is a little bit limited, I'm going to jump to uh, some stuff we definitely wanted to cover. I'd love to get back to uh, the, the design work you're doing in this, uh, or rather what, what you're choosing to, to draw right now. But, but let me jump first to knowing that you're, you're doing this art on uh, by sell Porsche uh, to buy Porsche. Um, could you talk about specifically? You're, I, I believe you're taking commissions, uh, and and you're doing artwork for for car owners. Um, can you talk a little bit about that process and how that works? Yes, um, it's a very it's a very easy process. I have some um, illustrations. I never sell originals. I always do copies. They are uh, design quality, uh, museum quality copies, so they can be also um, uh, shown in in galleries, in art galleries. Uh, they also go with a certificate. They also have um, um, uh, they also have the uh, the certificate of authenticity. They they show what paper is that and so on and so forth. So I, I sell them for a certain amount. But the most interesting part for me is the projects, uh, other projects with uh, with people. Like when they when they contact me through Instagram or through different connections, um, and they tell me, "Hey, we want to work with you on my car. Um, would you would you be so kind to to do something for for my car because we like your style?" And then um, the price is always different depending on the car, depending on the time spent, depending on the process of printing framing sending uh because if people want to you know i have a customer in, in chicago and he's a really nice guy but we realized it would be bloody difficult to send stuff to to america would might also be even more expensive than the job itself um so he only got the the high resolution files that he was print maybe i hope i hope he printed it I, I see. Well, I, I, looking at your Instagram account, it looks like, uh, in addition to the the high quality print and perhaps digital in that case, I think I even saw a full size, uh, like a, a print of a, I think it was a Porsche 911 that was that was printed out as, as full size in a showroom. Yes, um, we had this full size stuff uh, specifically done for a few uh, Porsche meetings and. Uh, it was at the Onassis event uh, on the north uh, of Germany where all the Porsche owners, like classic Porsche, Luftgekühlt Porsche owners gathered. Um, we had this 911 ST replica from Stefan Bogner from Curves magazine um, guy. Uh, this is his car and he allowed us 
because it was a project for him, this orange car. Mm -hmm. uh, I asked him if we could use it as a full-size sketch where could, people could actually sit in. So we cut out the <laughs> windows and cool. people could really sit inside the full-size sketch. Yeah. On the, uh, you know, that is something people never did before. And we also brought this car. He said, yes, you can do it. We brought this car to the Porsche Museum. We parked in a way, we, we call it a No 11 because it's a carton car. <laughs> um, uh, we brought it to um, to the Porsche Museum. We parked it between these black, gray, and silver cars. And it was an orange car with a lot of contrast. And it's so sketchy and it's a full-size sketch. People were starting gathering around it, taking pictures like, wow, what is this? And then for another event, we did a full-size Moby Dick. Oh. Um, but an orange one, so that it doesn't have like any connection to the real one, but it's still a full-size Moby Dick sketch. It's it's massive, and if you look at the pictures with normal Porsches uh, standing next to it, it's, it's a massive car. <laughs> but the appearance was crazy. The effect was amazing. Um, this year, or let's say last year, 2020, we had a chance. I had a chance to work with JP Performance. He's the he's a very famous blogger in Germany, and he's um, um, close with our chief Mark Lichte, like their their friends. And uh, he contacted me saying, "Hey, let's do uh, work together." And I back then I didn't even know who who the guy was. I said, "Yeah, okay, let's do it." And we did a calendar. Now uh, this calendar is, is uh, let's say, you, you could buy this calendar last year. It's the 2021 calendar. Okay. With a lot of work. And now if you look at the latest posts on Instagram, uh, you could see this GDR, the 911 GD3. Uh, these are the cars from JP. Okay. Um, so they are part of the 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 GT2, um, the the RS2. Uh, Audi. I, I saw uh, that on your Instagram, uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before, the RS2 Avant. Yeah, um, that's also his car. So we, we, okay. we really work a lot with, um, I work a lot with different car, cars, so it doesn't matter if it's a Porsche or non-Porsche. So, so at the end of the day, it's just, it's just having fun. This is the main thing. So quickly on the on the calendar, that's it. If somebody's interested in that, probably look up JP Performance. Not hard to find. They're a huge YouTube channel. Um, yeah. But they, I guess, they're selling that. The um. So so I guess that answers though my next question. I I know your your username is by Porsche to sell Porsche, but of course if you did JP's RS two, uh, I'd imagine then doing older Audis is also very much a possibility. Yeah, or, definitely. Or um, as as I said before, it's um, it's more about passion passion that we share between uh, you know car owners. Um, so if somebody has a passion for their I don't know Urquattro or the Shorty or <laughs> Audi V8, uh, yeah. any any Audi, even the newest RS6s or just a simple um, Audi 80, uh, I have no problem doing this car. It's just that. If, if people are ready to, you know, to invest in that. Yeah. Uh, as soon as they're ready, that's no problem. It's the same as um, doing like some historical liveries. Uh, definitely not a big problem. Okay. So for, for, for like the classic rallies and so on. Is, um, I would imagine, I, I think I heard in another podcast you did, you were talking about the 911 and the air-cooled 911s are, while they seem quite simple, uh, when you get into the detail, they're they're not. There's there's a lot of nuance there, and and uh, so I'm curious if you find the same with with older Audis. Sometimes you think of they're just, you know, a box, but they're as you look closely, uh, that they're not right. There's some some interesting nuance there. 
Well, um, to be honest, Audi is a way easier to sketch because uh, boxy design is, uh, it means that it at least has some lines. Hmm. Um, so with lines, you have a, a certain reference with reflection yeah. and at least surface change. When you have a very soft surface where only the highlights are helping you recognize the form, which is sometimes, for example, with a 904 Porsche, that's a, it was a huge problem for me to understand the shape of the car huh. because uh, it was a matte car, you know, the, it was silver, matte silver. Yeah. So there were no reflections. There were only windows, wheels, and wheel arches, and that's it. And then I had to go to Stefan Bogner's office. I told him, Stefan, I need your model because I cannot understand the shape of the car. And then I, I started search, uh, searching the cars that are not silver that are, uh, and not matte. They're repainted, they are glossy, and then I start to understand the shape better. Hmm. So. Uh, Obviously, the the rounder or let's say the simpler the design, the harder it to to do, and also it's really hard to uh, to to do the silhouette of a 911. But once you catch it, then you start to appreciate it. Then you start to understand, wow, these guys are trying to keep up the silhouette from the um, Model F till 992 these days. Uh, it it changed a lot, but until 993, the the, the silhouette. Um, was very very similar, yeah. Which is insane in terms of you know time-wise, uh, how the the silhouette went through the time, and they still keep on doing this, which is like uh, head off, head head off, uh, at least from my side. Knowing that the car, I never had a passion for Porsche to be honest. I always thought it's a boring car, like they are doing the same car since how many years? 50, 60? Yeah. And and now I um, once I started sketching it, it was like a proper challenge for me to at least catch the the essence of the 911 silhouette. That that's phenomenal how difficult that is. And so and it's not happen. It's still not happening every time I do it. So you really have to focus and 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 um, properly do it because it's uh, it's it's really hard. At least for me, maybe there are some people that is really easy for them, but I'm talking about myself. Yeah. So it, for me, it's, it's really hard to do it. And once I do it, I feel really, really proud and happy. <laughs> yeah, it is like this. It's, it's, it, it's literally like this. Yeah, I, I find the 911 is a very universally appealing car. You know, you look at many enthusiasts. I, I believe I've read that the head of Bugatti design uh, has one that he built. And I know Tom Christensen, who's a name not new to Audi enthusiast. Most people know who Tom is. I know he just finished a, a 964 backdate. It's, I, I have one too. I, I love it. But, yeah, oh, Lauder, yeah, he has several, doesn't he? Um, and yeah, he has a, I'm a 964 nerd. So Andre has a, I know he has a 964 3.8 RS, which is a very rare car, but um. Uh, yeah, the, the, it's a it's a very appealing car, but I especially the 964 era. When I look at it, it's it, there's so such subtle differences from model to model, and yet it's it's very obvious in person the, the differences that you can start to pick them out. Um, I'm, I'm curious, which I know you want to buy one as your goal in this process. Is is there a particular one that speaks to you? Yes, um, I wanted to buy a G Targa because i think the open top cars are the, the they are a bit more universal in a way that you can hear still the engine noise really well and you can enjoy you know because we live next to the mountains next to the alps we we can enjoy this really fresh air 
and and you know just looking at the through the no roof uh, you look on, on uh, to the sky it's a bit more romantic yeah uh, to me but if i if i think about something which is um which is something rough i would really go to the f model and uh make an rsr or rs replica out of it just because i love the way it sounds the the, the way um the car looks the way the car stands yeah or maybe if i can if i have a chance and may, if if the german law allows me to do it the k1 crema car replica uh. would be amazing you know these kind of yeah. Massive rear fenders, almost like uh, women hips. It's, it's amazing. It's like all these um, crazy race cars that Porsche did back in the days and the variations of the 911 F and G model is fantastic. I was, I have never been a fan of uh, of the Neunzex um, here, because of it's called the big lip. Because yep. I never liked the big big lip thing. But um, Stefan Bogner has the RS in uh, Rubin red, and um, we used to drive with him uh, for a short uh, Alpen run. And I just fell in love with the car because of the interior, of the balance of of, of the colors, of how the well uh, design is balanced in this car. So the big lip is not a big lip anymore. It's just a really cool aero device. Yeah, you know. So once you start to do things like sketching them or at least i start doing this i start to do sections on the on the sketches i start to understand the shape i just feel so passionate about about these cars because they're so well and so thought through you know so well designed and thought through for sure so the, the target is the f model t but let's see how life goes maybe <laughs> i would end up with a g coupe uh, or a g targa which yeah. is the cheapest at the moment but the F uh, F model uh, model T, uh, that would be my uh, goal oh, for wonderful. now. Wonderful decision. Um, all right. Well, it, it is, I, I'm sure we have to uh, wrap this up shortly. So I, I guess I'd ask one last thing. I'm I'm curious. Well, first let's cover if somebody wants one of these uh, is interested in, ha- in 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 getting you to draw their car. Would they reach out to you on Instagram and begin the discussion that way? Yes, uh, through Instagram would be the best way. Um, sooner or later, I have to open the, the web shop. Um, this is how people could buy stuff which is not related to their cars, but uh, like artworks that they probably like. Um, yeah, Instagram would be the best the best way. I would also say that part of the uh, road crew thing is the trip from Los Angeles to New York with a, with a car that I would buy really by in Los Angeles because I just want to drive instantly immediately when I buy the car I want to drive it from Los Angeles to New York with my uh, kids yeah and make them part of this uh, process because I want to explain them that you have a dream dream is something you cannot achieve but once you convert the dream into goal you start doing things when you're doing things you have a very big chance that you can achieve your your goal and they are three and four years old, so by the time I want to have the car, which is next year or the year after, they yeah. would be a bit older, and it's just an awesome experience for them. So I want them to be proud of what I'm doing. They're looking at the stuff that I'm sketching every day, basically. Yeah. Um, they really like the things I do, and I see fire in their eyes. And they are, well, I have a classic car as well. I have a, a classic Mini, which is a cafe race. It's loud as hell, and they call it a loud Mini, and they love it. <laughs> 
and imagine them driving. You know, I have people now, uh, friends in in Los Angeles, the oil stain lab guys. Yeah. Um, they would see all these crazy cars. They would hear all these noises. They would smell of all these exhaust smells and fuel and, and you know. And then we would drive through the whole um, from west to east, visiting different events, showing the art, and getting a little bit of attention from different people. I guess for them that would be something that would motivate their lives, you know. Sure. So this is a big uh, family project in the first beginning. Then it turned out to be a you know a road crew and the road art stuff. But it started all with the motivation for the boys. And for me, it's it's very important. I think it's wonderful that your your that that your kid as a father myself, just having you uh, involving your kids in this and making them part of it is is such a wonderful thing. Uh, I, I will say a warning. I have a 14-year-old, and I think around 12 or 13, she decided she was too big for the backseat of our 911. And, um, <laughs> and so now, now she, she asked my wife to sit back there, which doesn't go over well. But, um, but yeah, if, should, you, should you be finding a way to New York and looking for a place to say, I am in Pennsylvania and not far, and I, I'd, I'd love to see your new 911 when you get it. A new old. Uh, exactly. <laughs> new to you. Well, I have a well. At least I have a guy already in uh, in Chicago that I have to sign the works for, uh, for him. You know, there you um, go. so I have some spots already over the the states. Also in Canada, there's one there one there's one guy who wants to you know um, that I can sign the stuff that I did for him. So definitely, uh, as soon as this um, goal uh, well would be achieved, I would have uh, well a lot of fun with the kids. You yeah. know, visiting cool people all over the place. You know. That's um, that's that that's the trip I would personally like. The whole family would remember. It, it sounds like an amazing, uh, amazing experience for you all. What? Well, hey, um, I I think we're we're probably reaching the end of our window. I thank you so much for your time today. Um, it, it, it's been very enlightening, and it's 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 uh, been a real uh, en- enjoyable experience for me. Just kind of hearing about what you're doing. Cool. Thank you very much. I mean, um, to me, it's something special and new because, well, people find me, uh, well, because of my artworks and uh, that's a really, mm, I feel really happy, you know, I feel satisfied because um, people enjoy it and that makes me enjoy the process even better.